expectation um, for what the Lord is going to do. As as my dad said, we don't we don't believe in the necessarily the significance of just of one person, but the same time there are sometimes certain depths and and anointings on certain people that when you then get to a certain time and place and appointment of God and those things collide with the hunger of people and desire that when all those things collide it it creates the perfect recipe for a move of God and and for God to do something miraculous and I believe that this morning that um, brother Andre I, I I've known him very well we we went to college together and uh just grew thankfully in a lot of a lot of ways together uh, i think we're a little bit little bit more mature now thankfully um, but we we still try to try to have fun every now and then um, but i'm thankful for for this young man who's who's great friend to me and challenges me uh, every time that we we speak which sometimes is is very often <laughs> Um, but I'm thankful for him, for his ministry. Um, he walks. He walks with the Lord, sensitive to the Lord, and I'm just so glad to have him with me. And I know God's going to use him today. So, open up your hearts, open up your spirit. I think you know by now if if we're willing to have somebody here behind this pulpit to minister, that it's somebody that you can trust and that you can receive from. And so I'm going to ask uh, Brother Andre to come and just receive the word of the Lord uh, as he comes today. Amen. Praise the Lord, church. I'm excited to be in the house of the Lord this morning. I feel like the Lord's given me some direction to give you a word that he's deposited in my spirit um, I want to I want to thank this church for being such a praying church. Um, I've constantly traveled after I graduated Bible college, and it's unfortunate to say that not every church feels like this church. There's just something about this church, and I know I understand that the building many times doesn't really have much to do with it. But I mean, there's been moments that we've come into this church building and you just feel like, man, there's a praying church in here. And it's it's I would say it's kind of easy to tap into the spirit the moment that you come into the build to this building. I think it has a lot to do with the fact that you guys have a elder that's that's a praying man. That's a godly man, a family that's praying, that's constantly seeking the face of the Lord. Not just praying, but seeking the face of the Lord. There's two different things there. We can pray and not seek the face of the Lord. But I, I'm interested in seeking the face of the Lord, the mind and the heart of God, and knowing what he wants and what he desires. And so I thank, I thank you. I thank the elder of this church for the opportunity and, and the privilege that he's given me to be here. Uh, his family, Brother Joel Hart, he's been such a great friend of mine. Um, he says I I challenge him, but I feel like every time I talk to him, he challenges me. So, <clears throat> you know, I I love I love having having him as a friend. And so, I want to turn your direction to Acts chapter four. Acts chapter four. I'm thankful. I don't feel any pressure to perform here this morning. <laughs> But I just want to be obedient to the Holy Ghost. Acts chapter 4, verse 18. The word of the Lord says, And they called them and commanded them not to speak at all nor teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said unto them, Whether it be whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God, judge ye. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. I want to speak for a few moments 
extract my title out of that scripture, verse 20. Things which we have seen and heard. Things which we have seen and heard. If we can put our Bibles aside and close our eyes one more time. And just express our hunger and faith towards God and our desire to hear of Him this morning. God, praise God, praise God. Praise be the name of the Lord. Praise be the name of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for your presence. Thank you, Jesus, for your presence. The context of the scripture, we find Peter and John, after they had prayed or they had declared unto a lame man to get up. The Bible says that this lame man that had not been able to walk, stood up and began to walk. The Bible says that the priest and the captains of the temples of the temple came over to Peter and John and took a hold of them, told them that they could no longer speak in the authority of that name or they couldn't use that name any longer. But the Bible says that Peter and John stood firmly and said, I cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. Now you must understand Peter and John had spent a good amount of time with Jesus. They had spent day and night they heard the doctrine that jesus preached they saw the miracles that he did they saw him cast out devils they seen him do all these amazing and powerful things they saw him eat with the sinners they saw him have conversations that convicted the hearts of many and peter and john understood what Jesus was about and why Jesus had come to the earth. And now we realize that Peter and John by this point had already received the Holy Ghost. And there was now not, not no longer Jesus walking around them, but Jesus walking in them. There's a big difference when we can feel the Spirit of God around us. And it's a whole different world when we understand that God is literally in us we understand the oneness of god when the bible says that the fullness of the godhead dwelled in jesus christ bodily but we many times leave the next portion aside when it says and we are complete in him the completeness of the body who we are our mind our heart our spirit we can understand that we are complete in him and so peter and john understood that if they had seen Jesus do it, they can also walk in what Jesus had done. Matter of fact, the Bible says that Jesus declared the words that greater works than these shall ye do. And so Peter and John, as they had began their journey with Jesus and saw what he had done, now they had something to build upon, and that's what they were going to speak. It's interesting to me many times when there are individuals, and I understand that we can speak many things by faith, but there are individuals that can speak behind the pulpit things that not necessarily they heard from God, but they heard from somebody else. And many times it's a danger to do this because God will not back something up that he did not speak. 
But when God speaks something and you heard the voice of God, you can rest assured that the word of God is going to come to pass. So just like Peter and John, we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. It's interesting, the Apostle Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 regarding things that eye has not seen, nor ear has heard, nor has entered into the heart of man, the things that God has prepared for them that love him. It's interesting to understand that there's things in the spirit that no man has ever heard and no man has ever seen. Nor has ever entered into your heart the things that God himself has already prepared for you. There's a day in the calendar that things are going to happen. And there's no eye and no ear that has ever encountered such a thing. But I'm glad to know that the Apostle Paul said, But God hath revealed them unto us by His Spirit. And so now, at these two portions of Scriptures, it almost seems as an oxymoron, because if we can only speak what we have seen and heard, but the Bible says by the writings of Paul, that there's things that we have not seen and things that we have not heard and things that have not entered into our hearts, then we understand that there's a place in the spirit that we can access, that we can go into, that the same Jesus that walked with Peter and John, the same Jesus that walked the streets of Jerusalem speaking to the people, the same Jesus that walked all over Israel, give them revelation and understanding, is the same Jesus that we can hear from regarding our life and our future and our region and our church. We have a God that can speak. And we have a God that desires to speak. We have a God that is desiring to become very personal with us. That is wanting to have one-on-one -on -one conversations with us. And so there's a place, there's a secret place in the Holy Ghost. There's a place in God that we can access, that we can hear mysteries in the spirit. Matter of fact, the apostle Paul reached this dimension when the Bible says that he was caught up in the third heaven. I was just on a flight nighttime and I looked out the window and you're already so high up in the skies, in the heaven, the first heaven. And I got to see that second heaven, the stars, and it was just a whole different world. I mean, it was beautiful. It was interesting because when we were flying, I can see how the, the stars were there in the sky. And then I can look down a little bit and I can see the lights from the earth, the cities. And I became very interested how if you get on a plane you're able to see things a little bit more clear regarding a dimension that many times from the earth you cannot really see i mean it was so beautiful what i saw it just captivated my interest i began to think man it'd be so amazing to explore this second dimension to be able to walk i, I can only imagine just being in such a place where I'm, I'm looking around the galaxies and how amazing it is. And I'm telling you, there's people that are actually doing that. There are people that are having an interest. If there's life in this second heaven, if there's life in different worlds and different planets, if there's life in the moon and there's life in the stars and all these different kinds of things. And I don't blame them. It becomes very interesting when you get to a place 
that you have a different perspective. Man, that looks beautiful. That looks amazing. I've never seen it like that. And I look down and although it looked kind of cool, the lights on the earth, I'm like, well, I'm always there. I live there. I mean, I'm just, I'm accustomed to that. But I've never seen the stars like how I'm seeing them right now. And then I begin to realize there's a dimension even greater than that in the Holy Ghost. That the Bible says it's a third heaven that the Apostle Paul accessed and reached. And he couldn't even describe many of the things that he saw. He couldn't even speak about many of the things that he saw. I would wonder what would happen if every single one of us not only accessed the first heaven or the second heaven, but got into a place in the spirit where you're amazed and you're just, man, you're in such an amazement with God that you're seeing, wow, these are the things that God has prepared for me that I love them. To walk in the Holy Ghost. Walk in the Spirit. I understand that that verse where it says, if any man be in Christ, it's used many times upon the context of baptism and being in Christ. Baptism in Jesus' name, it places you in Christ. And baptism in the Spirit, it puts Christ in you. But I began to read this verse and I was having a conversation with a friend of mine that had been struggling with some condemnation. And I understood that every time you get outside of Christ, you will begin to deal with certain things that Christ did not intend for you to deal with. And so this verse jumped out to me. When we understand that them that are in Christ, they are a new creature. All things, all things have passed away. Everything has been made new. And so we understand that there is a literal place in the Spirit of God that we can enter. That as a child with innocence and purity of heart, we can enter and say, wow, I've never seen this before. I am in Christ Jesus. All things have passed away everything has been made new there are individuals in the church that have already been baptized and within that context are in christ jesus but because of the circumstances of life and the trials of life and the hardships of life and things that we go through just because we are flesh this is life many people will get outside of christ but the lord is calling some people this morning and saying get in me Get in my spirit. All things that will pass away, things will be made new here this morning. You must say, well, I've already been baptized. I understand that and I get that. I understand that you're a part of the covenant. But I'm telling you, there's a greater dimension in God that you can reach. Acts 2.38 is only the beginning of the road. It's only the entrance of the kingdom. There's a whole kingdom to explore. There's a whole city to explore. There's a God that we can seek after. There's a God that we can seek after. I understand Acts 38 is the, is, one of the, is the greatest message that we can preach to the sinner. Acts 38 is the entry gate to this kingdom. But the, the apostle Peter did not stop there in his message. But the Bible says that with many other words that he testify and exhort, save yourselves from this untoward generation. He took more time in the fact that there's going to be trials. There's going to be hardships. There's going to be a perfect 
perverted generation, but you ought to make up in your mind, I'm going to be in Christ. I'm going to save myself from this untoward generation. I'm going to make it up in my heart, and I'm going to make it up in my mind. It doesn't matter what comes my way. I'm going to save myself from this untoward generation. And the best thing you can do regarding saving yourself from this untoward generation is walk in purity of heart to the one that can save your soul. To walk in Christ and Christ walking in you. I understood this concept a little bit ago. Planned obsolescence. I don't know if Joel, you've heard about this, but uh, companies will build certain things now that they have an expiration date, either it be a car, either it be clothing, whatever it is, they, they are not meant to last forever. And so it was in the Garden of Eden, God knew Adam would fall. And God was walking next to Adam for a good amount of time in the Garden of Eden, but it wasn't only the will of God for God to walk next to Adam. But his purpose was to become one with man. And the only way that this was going to be accomplished was when a man that had a will of his own, allowed the Spirit of God to enter. When we pray in the Holy Ghost, we are literally allowing the Spirit of God to pray through us. And we're becoming synchronized with God. We're becoming one with Him. And so although Adam and Eve fell, Christ had already been slain from the foundation of the world. There was already a plan, there was already a will that had been established that when the fullness of time came, God was sent forth his son, born out of a woman under the law. He was gonna have redemptive power, he was gonna be tempted in all points but without sin the lust of the flesh the lust of the eyes and the pride of life at some point in this man's life was gonna come and tempt them but jesus christ god manifested in the flesh was gonna come out triumphant over anything that came his way matter of fact the work of the cross and the work of calvary it wasn't a defeat it was a victory over every enemy and every devil and every accusation that would ever come your way. And so it was all planned. It was all designed this way. And Acts 2.38 was in the culmination. It was a start of a new life with Jesus. And what the Lord is doing in our time in my generation is calling unto hungry people that would desire to become one with Him. That would desire to have the mind of Christ and the heart of Christ. You understand, we, we call ourselves Christians but no Christian in the Bible ever called themselves a Christian. Other people called them Christians because they walked like Christ and they talked like Christ and they did the things that Christ did. Peter and John, we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. And in our time, the spirit of truth is guiding us to all truth. There is a place in God that we can continue on in truth. 
Although I do believe there's absolute truths. I was studying the other day regarding what people in the greatest or the biggest universities in our nation think regarding truth. And they asked them, well, do you believe there's absolute truth? And they kind of smiled, every single one of them, and they said, no, there's no such thing as absolute truth. There's only such thing as subjective truth, which means that you might believe in God, and that's fine. I respect that, Elder Hart. But just because you believe in God and that is your truth, that doesn't make it my truth. My truth is that there is no God. That's what they teach and believe. That you might have some rules for your life. Well, I don't got to play by those rules. But this world is going to soon have to understand that there is an absolute truth. And it has a name, and his name is Jesus. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. Matter of fact, there's no two ways. There's no three ways. There's no four ways. There is one way, and his name is Jesus. There is no two truths or three truths or four truths. There is only one truth, and his name is Jesus. And there is only one life, matter of fact, every single one of us, we were dead in our trespasses and sins. We were just existing. But when we came to the knowledge and to the experience of Jesus, it was then that we started having life and life more abundantly. We were dead, just existing. Just walking around this earth from our house to our job. Just existing. Oh, but how beautiful it is when we come to the encounter of who Jesus Christ truly is. That there's nobody too far gone. That there's nobody that has committed such great of a sin that the blood cannot forgive. I'm thankful. I'm thankful for the sacrifice that Jesus did on that cross, that I can come boldly unto the throne of grace to find mercy and obtain grace in the time of need. I'm thankful that although I may have inadequacies and I may not be perfect all the time, I can go to an altar and I can say, God, I don't got it all figured out, but I understand that you defeated the world. Therefore, I can have a confidence in you that you're going to help me be triumphant over this world. You can help me be triumphant. I'm thankful to know that this church has allowed the spirit of truth to guide it to all truth. Well, let me tell you, we don't, we don't possess all truth. We don't possess all truth. I know I get excited songs about truth. Man, I got the truth. I got Jesus. But Jesus is a lot greater than just the things that we know or the things that we understand. So the spirit of Jesus is continually guiding us into all truth. It's continue guiding us in revelation. Continue guiding us in understanding and wisdom. Allowing us to understand the mysteries in the spirit. Have you noticed and I understand your the covering here, Elder Hart, I mean, he's a man of the word and he's a man of prayer. But even then, there can be some scriptures that we read. And although we've always read them, they kind of just, they're highlighted to us. Amen. I've read it, but I, I'm just now understanding it. You know, many times it's not your fault that you're not understanding something. But there will come a be a, well, there, will, there will be a point and a moment that God Himself will enlighten your mind to understand that scripture, because the times are requiring for a greater revelation to be understood regarding the scriptures. And so sometimes I'll read the Bible and I've read this before. Why have I never understood this? 
I've read it and I've read it and I've read it. And all of a sudden, I find myself in the sanctuary reading this, this same verse. And the Holy Ghost will reveal it to me. Because there's an acceleration of revelation in this time. There's an acceleration of understanding. There is something that God is doing in this world right now. Matter of fact, not only amongst people that believe the message of Acts 2.38, but even amongst people that don't believe it yet, but are hungry to encounter a God that they can feel around them, but they still don't have inside of them. That there's something, there's something that I don't understand all things. I don't know all things, but it's leading me to stay in a chapel for a few days and say I'm gonna worship God I'm gonna seek after God I'm hungry for God and the Spirit of God is beginning to reveal to them scriptures that they've never understood we've they've always read Acts 2 38 but all of a sudden because of the time that we're living in God is revealing and enlightening individuals that had never had understanding So we got to be careful as individuals that do have the truth to just say, well, I don't know. I don't know if they, they, that's actually true. I don't know if they're actually feeling God. There's hungry people that are reaching after God. And the Bible says, if you draw nigh unto God, God will draw nigh unto you. It's a fact. Nobody can change it. It's a truth. If you approach the throne of God, God is not just going to wait there, but he's going to do an effort into reaching you. I remember one time I was a young kid. I was playing in the park and I was trying to get on top of a tree and there was already that there was already somebody that was there and they stretched forth their hand to help me. And I stretched forth my hand to grab him and I remember I felt how how I touched his fingertips. But I immediately lost grip of his hand. I fell and I hit my forehead. It was a pretty bad situation. I was bleeding. I don't know if it was tears or blood that was just flowing through my face. And Elder Hart, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to get myself to the hospital. I was, I was a kid. I was maybe six, seven. But my dad was in that park. And although I didn't know, I didn't know what to do, I knew who to go to. Many times we're going to find ourselves in circumstances that we don't know what to do, but we can rest assured that we have somebody to go to. And so many people, many individuals during COVID-19, many churches, I'll just say it this way. They were, they were, they were kind of surprised at what was going on and they were a little bloody. They were a little hurt and they didn't know exactly what to do. And you had many that began to build programs and different things. And I understand all that. It was their human effort to, to try to get this boat going but if we can only understand many times we're not going to know what to do but if we only walk to the one that does we don't know what to do but we know who to go to I didn't know what to do but I knew if I only get to my dad if I only walk over to my dad he's going to know what to do and my dad when he saw me he didn't wait there sitting down he ran towards me he ran with everything that he had and he knew what to do he knew exactly what to do and so is our heavenly father so is our heavenly father so we have if we can only walk over to God God is waiting to reveal himself and the word unto us in a way that we've never even seen it before. I felt strongly in the Holy Ghost as I was 
meditating in the Holy Ghost last night and even this morning. That this church has gotten a hold of something powerful in God. Allowed the scriptures to become true to them. And there's going to be a regional, regional dominion that is going to come upon this church. There's going to come such a great influence that is going to come upon this church to impact many other churches. The only way that I can see it was somebody in need of oxygen and God choosing different places and different regions as pockets of air and pure oxygen. This church, hear me and hear me well. I've been feeling this. I've been thinking about this for quite some months now. God is placing it in a position to influence and impact not only this region and not only this state, but the whole nation. And it might not be the biggest church in Pentecost. But we can get to a place that we become the deepest. We're not just here to become the biggest. We're not in the business of just church growth. We're in the business of the expansion of the kingdom. I mentioned it last night. I don't know if I mentioned it when I was starting. But I don't just think this. Joe, I don't just think this. I don't just believe this. I know this. God spoke to me about this. But elder heart is a gift to the body. <clears throat> And I feel very strongly that there's going to be geographical locations that are getting ready to open up for the body of Christ. Just by the fact that he's stepping into these places. There is authority of apostleship. That has set upon the ministry of this church. Breaking down the walls of certain regions. Breaking down the barriers of certain places. And I've seen how God in these last few months and these last few years. God is beginning to accelerate a process. For so long we have seen. Well, we've seen for quite some years in the past how there was individuals building churches and pretty big churches, but it seemed like for quite some time it kind of stopped.
Many people, they believe, they, they built them on prayer and fasting in the word. Unfortunately, some others, they built them upon programs and structure and all this different kind of stuff. God is one more time looking upon individuals and churches that are willing to hunger their way into some things. I was in a church in Modesto, and uh, three months before they even invited me, God began to speak to me about, uh, about going to that church and that I was going to pick, raise up an offering. I had never done that before. And don't worry, I'm not going to do that here. <laughs> At least that's not what I feel. I don't know if your pastor, your elder's feeling that, pastor's feeling that, but if he is, so be it. I had never done that before. I started feeling a little nervous. I'm like, man, I, I've never done this before. I've heard of other men of God do this. I've never done this before. And God gave me a specific number. God was being very detailed with me. I never spoke to the pastor. I never spoke to the ministry there. I'm good friends with them, but I didn't know the circumstance that they found themselves financially. And so they invited me. I, I don't think with any plans of me doing what I was going to do. Um, but I went and I, uh, I sat there for a few moments before they introduced me to go up and speak. And as the pastor was getting ready to raise up the offering, he starts talking about $80,000 that they have to raise up to pay off that building or else they're going to have to leave that building. They're going to kick them out. They only had a few months, and I'm like, well, here we go. <laughs> I preached. I, I said what I felt God had told me to say, and some way, somehow, it all got connected back to raising up an offering. And we picked up some pledges, and some people gave their offering right then and there. This was about... What was it? Maybe end of October. They had to raise up the money by the beginning of March. And here's this kid talking about raising up an offering and getting more than what they even need. I believe in God. I don't know. I might, cra I might be crazy, but I'm crazy enough to believe the voice of God and he's going to get it done. I don't know how, but he's going to get it done. And I, I remember I... I got up boldly and I told them, I said, the Lord told me that he's going to provide more than what you need before you even had to get it all together. I'll be quite honest with you. I left that church service and I went out to lunch. They took me out to lunch and I was just waiting to talk to the pastor and pastor's wife to tell me if it was so with the pledges and the offerings. I, I don't think I lost my appetite. I'm like, I don't even know what I said right now. <laughs> but there was something in me that understood. I heard the voice of God. I heard it. And I believe, therefore, we're like, speak. And so I get to the house after for some more fellowship for me. It was for, you know, peace of mind. <laughs> and she came, she, she, she came through those doors so excited. Brother Gomez, Brother Gomez, you'd never believe what happened. Well, you know, I'm, I want to believe. I think I believe. So just hit me with it. And she told me that it was just far beyond what they even needed. God was going to provide now. This was in pledges. I was still like, okay. You know, a lot of people promise some stuff and it, 
They just kind of promise. But by mid-January and end of January, more than what they needed had actually come in and they were able to pay off their whole building and they're now expanding looking to expand with the extra money that they had i'm telling you when god speaks something and you have faith in the voice of god and god is looking for hungry people that will say i'm gonna build it upon prayer and i'm gonna build it upon fasting and i'm gonna build it upon the word i'm not interested in pro programs and human structures i'm interested in the word and in the voice of god it doesn't matter if it's fifty thousand or a hundred thousand or two hundred thousand or a million dollars god can provide whatever you need Whatever you need. I see the eyes of the Lord set upon this valley. I see the eyes of the Lord set upon this valley. And God is going to show himself strong and mighty in this place. In this whole valley. I've had that vision you shared with me. Two years ago, it's about to be two years ago. And the Lord brought it to my remembrance when I was sitting there. How many lights were shining upon the houses of this valley. Oof. And God is setting up something powerful and mighty that no man can ever say, I built this. I made this happen. No flesh can ever glory in his presence. I think Washington is due for a revival so great that no man can ever pinpoint and say, oh, that's because of this program. Let me try it here. They're, all they'll be able to say is they got to a place in God that they heard the will of God and they uttered the will of God. And now they have a building of 500 and 600 and 700. And I understand it's not about the numbers. I preach against people that say that it's all about the numbers. But I do understand that God is trying to build something here so great and so big and so so deep that there's gonna be a people that say God did that God did it he provided the finances he provided the workers I even feel the powerful anointing to say that even the workers that come help on this program of construct and build, there are going to be people that don't know of Jesus. But when they step into that place, they're going to say there's something different. There's something different. If you can lift up your hands and mix faith with the word of God and say, I believe it. I believe it. I believe it. Look, and in the book of Acts, we see they didn't wait. The apostles, the saints of God did not wait to just invite them to a church. They didn't say, well, come to church. They started speaking to them about who Jesus Christ was right then and there. Brother Martin, I feel a strong anointing upon this congregation. That we're going to see people being filled with the Holy Ghost outside of supermarkets. And I feel the power of God to say that we're going to see miracles 
not just in church buildings but in houses that open up their doors to the spirit of god and i feel strongly brother martin that there's gonna be an anointing that's gonna come upon you to evangelize and witness to individuals that have thought that if they're too far gone i've done too much look at me i got the marks of the world but there's gonna come an anointing upon you to say look what the lord Stella, lift up your head. Uh, we've talked about 3,000 and 5,000. And to my knowledge, we haven't seen that yet in America. At least in a pretty consecutive time, we haven't. But we're getting close to it. We're getting close to that moment. We're getting close to that place. There was strong prophetic utterance that went forth in the church that I'm a part of in Kerman, California. The man of God spoke and said that he saw a darkness like one that he had never seen. But as he saw the darkness, he saw sparks of light coming up. I'm telling you, maybe the perversion of this world, it's not gonna, it's not gonna get better. And what they're teaching in schools, it's not, it might not get better. But God is still going to show himself strong and mighty. I was in Mexico City. There was perversion all over that place. There was lust and homosexuality and all kinds of beliefs and spirits bumping me all over Mexico City. And there was this strong spirit of fear I literally felt. I was right in front of the spirit of the age of the spirit of that region in that moment. And God, God, God spoke to me and said, I even sent my angels to Sodom and Gomorrah to bring out Lot wherever there's hungry people to get out of that mess. It doesn't matter how perverted it is. Is and how ugly it is and how dark it is there's gonna be sparks of light there's gonna be lights that is gonna shine You know, like in this city, there are thousands that are willing to stand up against the spirit of this region and the spirit of the age and say, we're not backing up, but we're moving forward. There's going to be a militancy that comes upon some people to say, I'm going to do the will of God. I'm going to do it. There's some militancy sometimes, Brother Joel. It got to come upon us. We got to have a desperation and an urgency within us. We can't walk in this Christian life just being like sedaisical and just comfortable and just, you know, like, like nothing's going on. There got to be a militancy in us. I, I mentioned it to you just... I think it might have been yesterday, one of the first dreams that I ever had whenever I got the Holy Ghost was a dream about me on some hills full of armor. And I had somebody next to me, I, I, maybe it was a friend of mine, I don't know, but I began to ask them, what am I doing here? What am I doing here? What am I doing here? I didn't quite understand why, why I was full of armor and in a battlefield. But as I begin to turn around, I begin to see that Antichrist, the spirit of the Antichrist, full of darkness hovering over the earth. And he said, you've been enlisted to war and battle against the one that wants to deceive the world. And it's not only me, but there's some of us in here in this place. I believe it can be all of us in this house. That understand I'm going to put the whole armor of God and I'm going to be militant in my approach against the enemy and I'm going to expand the kingdom. You see, dominion is not just given. Dominion has to be taken. 
It has to be taken. There ought to be a war and a battle that takes that takes on in the spirit. And for you to say, you know what? I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm tired of having people say that Washington can't have revival. I'm tired of it. I believe it's the will of God to have a revival so great that it's even going to amaze people from different states. Well, how did they get it done? They got in a place in the spirit. If we can stand in this moment, I'm getting ready to finish. If Brother Ethan can help me up here. I love what Brother Renee is doing over there in the back. I, I love it. Spanish-speaking people in this valley. Matter of fact, there's some of you that your family don't even speak English. There's an anointing set upon this church for a multi-generational and a multi-racial, multi-ethnic revival. I see him, I see him coming. I see the Lord drawing him. I see the Lord drawing him to this place, bruised and broken. Some that are bruised and broken. The Spirit of the Lord is here to heal the broken heart. I've tried to do my best to deliver what God has given me for this church. It's for you to understand. It's far greater than what we have seen with our physical eyes. But I felt it this way. I've seen this church and a curtain behind it. And me being curious and wanted to see what's going on. I looked. I looked behind the curtain. And I was amazed. I was amazed. I was amazed at what I saw. And I know you've been, you've been coming to church and you've been working and you've been doing the best that you can and in the talks of having to get a new building or another service or all these different kinds of things. And I feel like I, I know what God ha has allowed me to see, but I'm not just here to tell you every single detail. I'm here to tell you, you can also look behind the curtain and follow the man of God. The man of God has also been seeing and looking and God has been revealing to him. And I'm telling you, God is gonna provide. God is gonna provide the place. God is gonna provide the time. All you got to do is get to a place where the scripture is fulfilled. But God has revealed it unto us.
by his spirit. Things that I has not seen. Ooh, I felt it strongly. We are standing on layers of prayer in this valley. We were just talking about it not too long ago. Layers of prophetic utterance. There's going to have to come a point where all those prophecies come to pass. I love prophetic utterance, but I love more prophetic fulfillment. This is it. You understand Elijah prophesied about the death of Jezebel, but Elijah never saw her death, at least not literally. Neither did Elisha. And then Elisha sends a young prophet to go anoint Jehu. And Jehu grabs a couple units and they finally see the death of Jezebel. The same prophetic anointing that flowed upon Elijah to utter the words that led Elisha to send the young prophet to anoint Jehu. It's the same anointing that caused the prophetic fulfillment when the eunuchs pushed her out of that window. And so we're standing on prophetic words that have been uttered over this valley for so long and they've been spoken about. Matter of fact, this whole nation is standing on prophetic layers and prophetic prayers. But I believe it is time for a generation to arise and say, we're going to see the fulfillment of the word. We're going to see the fulfillment of that seed of the past. for a few moments if you can come to this altar and just begin to mix your faith mix your faith with the word and enter into a place in the spirit to believe god for what he's going to do come on lift up your hands all over this house